Today's episode of the Rough Drafts Podcast is brought to you by the newly updated sportsbook at Unicorn.com. Unicorn has been a sponsor since the beginning, and this is honestly the best looking and most convenient the site has ever really been. Their new TV guide style layout has made finding and betting a breeze. And with a newly designed and intuitive bet slip, all the information and even access to multi-bets are at your fingertips. I've already gotten started with my LPL and LCK outrights, and even though it's only been a day into the regular season, KT has already let me down, but Unicorn won't. So check out Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Hello, Internet. My name is Walter C.A.D. Svedchuk, and I am your Guest Alliance World Heavyweight Champion. And welcome back to our 2017 League of Legends World Championship team-by-team preview episodes. That is right. I'm in the host seat for this one. It must mean that we are talking about a region that I don't care as much about as Chase because he watched a bunch of games for them and I'm going to ask him questions about them because that's how all of this works. Isn't that right, my good friend and co-host, Chase Redshirt King, not World Heavyweight Champion, Wassenaar. I don't remember when we added that part to my handle. I don't remember that that was... I, we didn't discuss this, but you know what? It's fine. I'm excited oh. to talk about China today. I, I think that China is a fun region to watch. I'm not sure I would say great right now. I, I think that there are problems within the games that I watched that I think are as bad as some of the years in which we've been underwhelmed by China once we hit the actual international stage. But I do think that this team is a good team. I think this team could be a very good team. And I'm excited to see how they live up to the potential that is clearly there with the sheer talent that is on display for them. You know, Chase, it's absolutely fine. There is only one region that is, in fact, great again, and we haven't talked about them yet. So right. don't worry about that, but we shall worry about the team that we are talking about today. That is, of course, Edward Gaming, also known as EDG, the number one seed out of China. And what did that number one seed earn them, Chase? But a date with Destiny and the reigning world champions in SKT T1 in Group A. Chase, as someone that knew coming into this, you were going to be looking at China. You were going to have to be our quote-unquote Chinese expert on the matter. What were your initial thoughts when you saw these two heavyweights chosen for the same group? Well, first of all, my initial thoughts were you guys should definitely read Kelsey Moser and or potentially Emily Rand if you want to have the attention of people who do watch China on a week-to-week -week basis. I'm going to tell you what I saw in the last couple patches of, of international play that, that Edward Gaming had and what I think that means. So let me preface all of that. But what I saw here, it's, it's a team that has clear playmaking potential. I, I think that they're a team that loves to roam, especially in packs of three to four, these skirmishes within the early to mid game. Uh, that's where they specialize. They love catching people off guard. They love setting the tempo themselves. And I would say that of the three teams that we're going to watch from China this in, uh, at this tournament, they are the best at macro play in that they know what macro play is. So that's going to be in their favor. That's something that I think sets them 
uh, apart from some of their contemporaries that we'll talk about later on in this preview series. It's unfortunate that they drew SK Telecom. I think that that is the nature of the beast, unfortunately. Like, if you get any Korean team, <laughs> it's going to be a scary one, and this one just happens to be a particularly scary one. But they do have the talent on display to deal with it. They do have players like Scout, who are just these you know, very good mechanical players. You know, Scout obviously having been a substitute on SK Telecom. He knows how the team works. He knows what their tendencies are. Maybe that helps him out. Maybe that's something where he can provide a little bit of extra knowledge to his coach and, and really make sure that uh, they're taking as much out of that and as much out of the mirror matchup as they can. You know, I'd love to see Nofei take advantage of that kind of thing. Uh, I, I think that they certainly have a young talent in Iboy, someone who's very new relatively to the competitive scene, kind of came on towards the end of the year for them. It has been a very interesting piece. Uh, I, I think that will help. I, I think that this is a good team. I think they're a very good team. Um, and those are the things that, that stand out to me when I first look at them. I don't, I don't know that they're a great team right now, and I think that there are a couple reasons for that, including one that I'm really loath to admit because you and I have had this argument so many times. Well, before we get to the bad, I, I do want to focus on the good. So for those of us that don't watch the LPL with any type of frequency or, 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 or you know, those of us who maybe weren't paying attention in the rough drafts VOD review very well, what would you say is kind of the overarching uh, style of EDG? What is their primary go-to power move, so to speak? Well, it, it's scout and ropes. It's, it's those three to four man skirmishes that I think so clearly define them. They're going to be doing their best about that six to eight minute mark. They're going to be roaming three or four guys. They're going to go to one of the side lanes and they're going to attempt to tower dive. And it's probably going to work because they're pretty damn good at those. Uh, I, I think that this is where clear love as a shot caller comes to fruition. I think that he does a very good job of making sure that the entire team is there, that they wait to engage until they're fully set up, that they have Scout, who I think is so crucial to how well they pull off these engages, uh, able to farm and kind of roam out of his lane so that he can be making those plays because I think he is a big part of you know whether those plays work or not. They're also very decisive. I think that the second that Edward Gaming believes that they have a play that can be made, they are going to go for it 100% of the time. Even if it's just like a 52% success to a 48% failure, they're going to go for it because they have enough trust in each other and, and in themselves as a team that they're going to get the most out of it. And that's something that when we see a lot of teams on the international stage where they'll falter is when they get passive, when they get afraid of making a mistake and so therefore they do nothing. Edward Gaming doesn't have that problem. Edward Gaming is going to make Edward Gaming is going to make a lot of plays. Uh, some of them are not going to be good plays, but they're going to make them. They're going to be in charge of the tempo of a lot of these games, and I think that that in itself is an advantage when you look at, you know, like an AHQ that they'll be playing in this group, or whoever that fourth seed is going to be. I, I think that they have this tool in their arsenal that makes them pretty much impossible for most teams to keep up with unless you are this super precise Korean macro kind of team that can rotate around and really catch those offensive roams off guard and punish them for it. Or you were so much built the same way, like a team like RNG was, or a team like Team WE, uh, both of whom were able to take them to five games during their uh, playoff run. WE, I guess it was regular season, they went back and forth. 
uh, EDG uh, took Invictus Gaming to five games in the semifinals, excuse me. But all of those teams all took each other five games. It was yes. a very close top of the table with China. But anyone who doesn't have the sheer mechanical force to deal with uh, those kind of aggression, uh, aggressive plays and those teams that don't necessarily have the macro play to repel those attacks right away, those are the teams that are just going to fall victim to EDG's feet. And it's going to be a bloodbath in the best way for our Chinese friends over there. So, so we got through some of the good. You did say that you had multiple things that did cause you concern, including <sighs> one, one very big kind of bullet point here. So what was that bullet point? What does truly concern you about Edward Gaming? I, I'm not on the Clear Love bandwagon anymore. <laughs> oh, really? Look, oh, really? Hold up. Clear Love, if there's going to be a League of Legends Hall of Fame, as far as I'm concerned, he's earned his spot. Probably won't be first ballot because he doesn't have the international success that we usually look for from first ballot people. But certainly the national success, certainly a, a guy who has revolutionized the way that China plays the game. He deserves all the respect in the world. I don't think he's been that great from what no. I saw in the playoffs. I went back through a series against Invictus. I went back through a series against RNG, and I wasn't particularly blown away by any of the decisions that he was making there. Uh, the numbers in the regular season were a bit better than what we saw in the playoffs, so there's a chance that that was just you know, nerves in the playoffs or just poor matchups or whatever. Uh, certainly, he had some great stats in the regular season. 6.2 KDA, led his team, 73% kill participation. That's always what you want to see from Jungler. And he is the guy that they're centering all this play around. His shot calling is there. I don't think his mechanics are with where we see the rest of the world. And, and so much of what I saw when I watched EDG in their series against Invictus or their series against Royal is that the game was basically decided by how clean that first or second gank that EDG went for worked out. If they were able to pull it off, they snowballed very well. They were incredibly efficient at doing so, and they were able to you know, take over a map in a way that very few players can. Uh, if they lost, it would snowball, and you can always kind of tell how bad a snowball is by how long the highlight videos are. And I was re-watching those highlights to kind of get myself refreshed on the games that we had watched about EDG, their losses were like three or four minute long highlight videos because they lose that second fight and then they lose the next one and the next one and then the game's over. Um, that's, that's also a problem in terms of the kind of cockiness that comes with this idea that we can win every fight. If it's a 52% chance, we'll take the fight. Well, Mouse has taken on some fights one-on-one uh, -on -one in the top lane that he's been baited into because he believes he's the better player. Uh, people who remember Mouse from last year might be surprised to hear that Mouse is that confident when it comes to his one-on-one -on -one playmaking. I don't necessarily think that he should be as confident as he was uh, in, in some of those series, especially against Invictus, where he was baited into one of the ones that were just absolutely unnecessary. I, I certainly don't think that iBoy is a perfect player either. He is very young. Him, him on Tristana is such a different player than him on anything else. Tristana, we're seeing already in the play-in stage, is a dominant AD carry threat. I think right now it's the only AD carry to have a positive win rate right now. And, and that's great. Iboy plays a great Tristana, but as teams adjust to that, and as we start seeing more Tristana bans, as I expect that we're going to when the main event rolls around, I am not nearly as confident in his positioning when it comes to the second or third or fourth best AD carry that he has in his arsenal. So all of that tells me that this is a team that 
has enough individual outplay potential in a guy like Scout in Iboy when he is on his comfort champs, and Mouse when he's with the rest of his team and can really make the most out of, you know, using their skill sets to amplify his own. There's a lot of talent on this team. I'm just not sure that their decision making <laughs> is strong enough to make up for some of the lapses that might happen with individual players. And I don't think the individual players are strong enough that the lapses in judgment are going to happen without them being punished in some way, shape, or form. So, so it's kind of from both ends, they're good, but they're not quite as good as we would expect one of the very best teams of this tournament to be. I think that is an absolutely fair discussion. I think you brought up some great points and counterpoints to the potential success that EDG might show at the 2017 World Championship. At the end of the day, Chase, yes. what is your final prediction for this team? Where do you think that they end up? Oh, this is the second best team in this group. I want to make this clear. They're way better than AHQ. I have no faith in that team. I'm <laughs> saying that as a Taiwanese fan. I, I just don't believe that they have the tools necessary to keep up with EDG. I expect EDG to wipe the floor with them. I expect EDG to wipe the floor with whatever team comes out of Pool 3 that they're grouped into. I think they are certainly talented enough that they should be able to take down anyone that we've seen so far in the play-in stage. And I think they're a little bit smarter than you know, some of the teams that you know, something like a Cloud9 or a Fnatic, as good as mm -hmm. those teams have looked in the play-in stage. I think there are clear flaws that an EDG can take advantage of. I don't think they're at SKT's level. I don't think they're necessarily that close to yeah. SKT's level because I think that SKT can match a lot of the individual performance while also being much more sound in their decision-making from the beginning to an end of the game. I totally believe that EDG can make one gank that works really well and, and maybe even two ganks that work very well. Once we get out of that early to mid-game phase, if SKT are still in this and... There's a lot of evidence from their best of five against KT Rolster yeah. that they will be. They've kept up with really talented yeah. micro teams before. I don't see Edward Gaming having that extra burst to get past them. So I have them second. I have them going to the quarterfinals. I think that that's where we will say goodbye to our Chinese brethren, as we have had to do it basically every world since 2015. So that's, that's where I stand on it. You heard it here first. SKT1. EDG2 out of Group A. We do have one more team that we're going to talk about tomorrow coming out of Group A before the play-ins conclude because we don't know who the fourth team in Group A is going to be yet. But come back tomorrow when, as Chase so poignantly already spoiled, we will be talking about AHQ Esports Club and also another team coming out of Group B as we continue our team-by-team team previews of the 2017 League of Legends World Championship. If you've enjoyed today's episodes about SKT and EDG, please hit the subscribe button or follow along if you're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you're getting your podcast, as well as following the podcast on Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod. You can also follow myself, at C80s underscore LOL. Chase, where can the good folks at home find you? Uh, you can find me at Redshirt King. I love keeping the conversation going with you guys. If you're a little bit more excited for China than I am, that's awesome. Let us know in the comments. I will respond to as many people as I can. If you're not excited about China at all, let me know that too. I think that we've seen enough now that China has struggled a little bit on the international stage. Very good and best of ones. 
not very good at best of fives since about 2014. So I'd love to hear where you guys are coming down on it, where you think this team is going to end up. And I'm excited to keep going with this team-by-team -team preview series. Well, we got a lot to cover, but we have, we've gotten off the rails. It's starting to feel like Worlds, truly. Um, I, would, I would absolutely agree. Those plans have kind of been a little rough, but we are about to get to some excellent League of Legends. So until tomorrow, goodbye, Internet. You can follow the Rough Drafts podcast on all your favorite social media sites. Twitter, at Rough Drafts Pod, Facebook.com, backslash Rough Drafts Pod, SoundCloud.com, backslash Esports Rough Drafts, YouTube.com, backslash Rough Drafts Podcast, as well as on iTunes by searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. The Rough Drafts Podcast is supported by our lovely Patreons at Patreon.com, backslash Rough Drafts Pod, and by viewers like you. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.